Welcome to Season 2 from A Lancashire Lass with me, Lucy Baxter. I'm so excited and really delighted to say I'm joined by Bobby Brown Global Pro Artist Amy Conway. We're going to be chatting all about Bobby Brown makeup, but also how Amy got into makeup and how she's become one of the most loved and successful makeup artists in the world, I'd say. <laughs> so a huge, Aww, huge thank welcome. You. <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Amy. How are you doing today? Oh, thanks so much for having me, Lucy. Honestly, I'm really excited. I feel like I don't get to do stuff like this a lot. So it's something really new and really fun. So thanks for having me. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I, I You probably won't remember because you have slept since then and done so much. But I first met you at a Bobby Brown event in Selfridges. It was in Manchester um, and it was just when the incandescent eyeshadow had launched um, I do remember because I was literally like, as I'm like looking at your face as well, I'm like, I definitely remember like, did like literally meeting you. Yeah. Oh, no, that's nice. But um, yeah. So you match my eyelid with a malted pink cream stick and an incandescent on top, which is like my go to as I've got it on now. I thought I'll add a bit of sparkle to my Monday morning. Um, and why don't you take me back to when you were younger and sort of have you always enjoyed makeup and and how did you get into it it's a funny thing isn't it because I only feel like now thanks to social media and thanks to I suppose YouTube that makeup's really blown up and you can you can do so much with it like it's such a great industry whether you want to go into tv or film or you know whether you want to do just more of like social content creation that's like a whole nother career level now um but when I was starting out it, it it was almost like and my mum will hate me for saying this, but I remember she was like, you, there's no money in makeup, you know, like it was kind of like, and it, 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 although I knew that that's what I wanted to do, that was something that I knew could, like it was rare that it was going to go anywhere. Like only like luck, chance, if you like, was going to get you there. But um, so I actually started out in accountants and bookkeeping because believe it or not, uh, maths was my strong point back then. <laughs> um. And I basically did like uh, like an internship uh, for an accountancy firm. And I did that for about a year and a half. And you know what? I just, I just wasn't happy. And it was kind of, and I knew I wasn't happy. And I went to, I don't know if you know if they're still about, but I really recommend them. Like them connection meetings. Mm-hmm. You know where you can like go and you can sit down and kind of say like, I don't know where I want to go in life almost. And I suppose it was, they help you get on like that job search and they help you get to where you want to be in. I remember she said to me that, well, what do you enjoy doing? And I, I literally said to her, I enjoy getting my friends ready to go out or like for special occasions and things like that. Like I love the hair, makeup, pampering kind of side. And she was the one who said like, you know, there's a job for that, like a makeup artist. And I was like, yeah, but you know, there's no money in it. Like it's kind of like at the time it didn't feel like it was going to be a career as such. And, um, and then that was it. I just thought, well, this is the other part of the story I don't know if I ever told you this but um so you know Ant and Deck obviously like at the time Ant married his makeup artist yeah (laughs) Lisa and so I that was pretty much the first point and it sounds so silly because it was literally like a little teenage crush and then I realized like oh that's an actual full-on career like she's made it she's huge in the tv industry and then I started I started searching all about Lisa 
and um, looking at her career. And I think, to be honest, that was the pinpoint for me that was like, wow, I could do this. And um, I went to, I started on like counter, like looking for counter jobs. I actually went for an interview at Benefit. I didn't get it. I had like no experience. Um, I then had like, I did makeup for a makeup course for theatrical makeup. And then I went for an interview at Bobby Brown. And I think that like, it's interesting because people say it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know, but it's also the way things happen. Like as I was doing this theatrical makeup course, I was basically, I had Bobby Brown brushes because I love them. And at the time they were really the only well-known brushes that were kind of in the industry. And I was doing this thing in Covent Garden that was like body painting. And, um, and I was doing it with Bobby Brown brushes. And this woman came up to me and she said, oh, they're Bobby Brown brushes. Do you like them? I was like, I love them. Like I'm obsessed. And um, she turned around and she was like, oh, would you ever work for Bobby Brown? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm not really good. Like I basically got turned down for benefit. Like I have no experience as such. And, um, and I probably wouldn't be good in a store. And she went, well, you know, what about part-time? Let me give you like my number. And I didn't realize at the time who she was. And now she is the head of communications for all Estee Lauder companies. Oh, wow. So it was like, at the time I was just thought, you know, she was just, you know, a normal woman that was just asking me questions about my brushes that she saw. And, um, and then she ended up uh, suggesting that I go for an interview at a Bobby Brown store in Southampton. And I did know, I went there and I had zero experience but I just chatted to the manager about how much I loved makeup. And I think she must have just been a bit like, oh, gosh. Um, but, you know, people say passion gets you everywhere, doesn't it? And even now I'm I do a lot of interviews for new artists or our pro team coming up into into our artistry team. And the, I don't look for experience. I look for passion because I think you can teach everything else. You can't teach the passion part. And that's pretty much where I started and I never looked back and I, I started on counter um, and I loved that side of it because I thought when I was doing freelance bits you'd only have like one face a day if that whereas when I was on counter I was doing like 15 to 20 faces a day and I was learning so much from all those different skin tones all those different eye shapes you know um, that I think that's where a lot of my experience was built there and then I kind of built my way up. I went into the education side and then I went into the artistry side. So it, it, it was a lot. Like, I feel like at the time to look back on and think, oh gosh, I really didn't see myself uh, being anywhere else. But now it's, and now I think with social media, people are like, oh my gosh, yeah, I can do it. You know, it's much more of a career that is, you know, it's more inspiring because people can see more of, of what's involved in it. Yeah, definitely. And so when you were younger, maybe like, teenager what was your kind of like makeup look or what did you used to do then <laughs> it was the bronzing balls the you know like super drug was my place to go completely boots was boots at the time was a bit high end for me actually like super drug was like the place for me to go um and it was the yeah the bronzing balls that we had the dream matte mousse was my favorite foundation that I piled on I feel like I used to pile it on and then I was used to let it set and then pile on more, <laughs> you know. Um, I did go for a stage of blue mascara, which I'd never go back to. That was that was a bad stage. Um, yeah, and, and always sparkle. And I think even to this day, like as we say about like incandescent eyeshadow, sparkle is still a thing for me. Like I love it. Um, but yeah, I think it was a lot of bronzer. 
everything yeah. was like this bronze brown look. <laughs> and so how did you get kind of from counter to being a like a pro artist and and what was that kind of journey like? Yeah, so at the time in, I, I was in Southampton in a John Lewis store and that was for me it was basically just every day you know have I think it was more the customer loyalty that I built like I loved all the customers that come in we had a huge loyalty kind of thing and at the time the area manager said to me well, where's your next step and I said I want to be a trainer and to, honestly that was kind of like my goal at the time that was like I didn't see it going any further than that I was kind of like I just want to I want to be able to, you know, do a bit more travel and train and go to different stores and help other people out. And there are opportunities that where we send our artists to different stores to do like events and things like that. So I wanted to go on more of that side of it. And she said, oh, you know, why don't we do a few events? And at the time I used to travel to like Cardiff and meet some customers in Cardiff and things like that. And from there, that's when she said, oh, you know, for a training position, there's one coming up in Selfridges, London. Um, you'd obviously have to relocate there because it was a, it was, I'm originally from Portsmouth, so it was quite a, a far commute to go. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to go for it. And I literally went and moved up to Selfridges and I was in then Selfridges for like five years. But Selfridges was like a whole nother level. That was like, we had a team of 32 artists at the time that I looked after and I loved it. And that was like, I think that was the start of me learning how to look after a really big artistry team. Um, and then from there, um, pro, there was a pro position that came up. And at the time, there was only one other pro artist in the company. So unlike now, when people like, if they look at our company, they see we've now got like six pro artists. But one was like back then, it was like, oh my gosh, there is only one. And I didn't think I was going to get it. I really didn't. So I didn't apply. I just thought, and I think this comes down to self-confidence, isn't it? Like you never see it and it could be standing right in front of you. And you, if you don't believe in yourself, you just think, and because that person, I think that's the other thing is when you're looking at the person that you want to be, it, like you're never going to be that person straight away, are you? You have yeah. to like, they've, they've taken a whole transition to get there. And at the time, I didn't think that, you know, that whole transition was going to get me there um, as well. So I just think because I'm not that person, I can't do that role, you know, whereas yeah. now I look back and I say it to my team all the time. It one, it doesn't happen overnight. You have like there's so much that helps you get there and you learn it all on the way. Um, so I just never went for it. And it, the time passed for two weeks and some people were going for the interview, but we hadn't heard much about it. And then someone called me um, and she worked at the time in a, in a John Lewis store as a manager and she was going in and out of the office. And she said, Amy, I've just been into the office and I've heard they're all waiting for you to apply for pro. And I was like, really? I was like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And then she said, they are. They're so shocked that you haven't applied for it. And I was like, no, I don't think I can do it. And she was like, just go down there, do the interview, see where it goes. And then to cut a long story short, uh, Bobby herself was over for London Fashion Week and I was on her team because at the time I was a trainer. So naturally I was on a lot of like things like that anyway. And um, I didn't realise that she was actually interviewing me backstage. It was a whole, I'd done like an interview process of like going in and meeting, you know, like um, all the head office team. But I had no idea that she was actually interviewing me there and then. 
and she took me backstage and we went and did like we call it like the model lineup and it's basically where you get all the models lined up they're already dressed and you go through and you make them all look kind of like the look exactly the same and um, she just literally she took my she took my brushes off me and she went you do it and I was kind of like oh my gosh freaking out thinking she's just staring at me looking like doing all of this makeup and she's judging me but actually yeah she um, was interviewing me and then after I realized that it was an interview and she turned around and she's well, she actually tweeted me. I still have a screenshot of the tweet because it was so big back then. I was kind of like, oh my gosh. And she said, congratulations. I can't wait to see you in New York. And then that was it. And then the next day I'd got a phone call and they said, oh, she's let, she's let loose on Twitter and already told you, but you, you got the job. <laughs> Mental. So what was it like meeting her? She, do you know what? She's brilliant. She is like, you know, there's so many founders that, you know, they say never meet your heroes, but she was brilliant. She was really inspiring. She pushed you to the things that she knew you could do in the sense of like giving you that belief and, you know, making you go out there and get it. And, um, and I just think she had a really good ethos. Like she had a great ethos on makeup anyway, as we know, but she did have a really good ethos on like hard work gets you everywhere, you know, and just being really transparent and, and seeing where it takes you so yeah she was a brilliant mentor and she mentored me and my colleague for a good five years before she left uh, the company so that was brilliant to have as well and so obviously like bobby brown makeup it's fresh it's sort of it's designed well from a consumer's point of view i see it as it's designed to like enhance your natural beauty it's not about kind of flawless well I don't want to like say another makeup brand. It's it's basically, isn't it, to enhance your own skin but not cover up your blemishes too much. It's like showing yeah. that your, your face is like perfect how it is and just to like enhance that. Is that why you love the brand so much? Yeah, and I, I mean this deep down. I, I couldn't go to another brand ever because I think that it, and it's not that I don't believe what they're saying either. I feel like, you know, everyone has that, that different look on makeup, but it's, I love I love meeting someone and then saying, you don't need as much as you think you do, you know? And I love that. And it always shocks them because they're like, oh my gosh, I just covered my face in foundation or, you know, things like that. And it, and to, to your point, totally, it's about enhancing what you already have. It's about looking at like, the first thing we do when we all wake up and look in the mirror is we go, oh my gosh, I want to cover this. I don't like this. I need to change this. And actually we never spend enough time going, I have brilliant eyebrows. I'm going to enhance them and fill them in. I have great lips. I'm going to go and add a little bit of lip, lip balm today. Do you know what I mean? So I love actually picking out the bits that are great about people and then enhancing that with makeup instead of covering. Um, so yeah, I do. I think it's such a nice, fresh way to look at makeup now, especially in a world of Instagram makeup, you know, which is also fine, but it's nice to be able to have makeup that makes you just feel really good and not like you're wearing loads. Yeah, so... Talk me through kind of like a, a typical day or maybe a typical week of of you, what you do, you know, as a as a makeup artist at Bobby Brown. So it depends what kind of week's going on. Some weeks we have a crazy packed with shoots and um, like filming things that we're doing. So we create all of like the campaigns that you see. So whether you see like the campaigns in the John Lewis doors or windows or online um, or when you see them and you're looking at the product, when you're shopping online, you can see the um, colors that we're using. That's what we create 
on the shoots on the campaigns. We also create all the how-to content. So when you can log on to YouTube and you can learn how to do like a, um, an eyeliner lesson, we create that how-to video tutorial. Um, so we have that for all of our customers as well. Then behind the scenes, uh, I work a lot on product development, which is probably one of my favorite, favorite departments to work on. And I've worked with them for a good five or six years now anyway. But in the last two years, I've worked with them even more. So where we see the product literally from when it's, it could, when they send it to you, it sounds horrendous, but it comes in this dodgy jar that you're like, it could have come from anywhere, Lucy. Like you're literally, it just like looks like a plastic jar with like brown or like creamy pink product in the bottom of it. And it will just have this little sticker on it and it will literally say batch one, two, four, whatever. And, um, and that is how they create the product. So it could be something that we're talking about, a new cream blush, for instance, and the product will come through. We trial it. We trial it literally in all different heats, day, night. We trial it how many hours it lasts. We trial it on top of foundation, on top of tinted moisturizer. We trial it under, under and over powder. Um, and then we give it out to friends. So like close friends, I'm kind of like, let me just quickly pop this product on you and see how it's going to look. And then what we do is we give our feedback to it, to the product development team, and then they tweak it and make all the changes that we feel that could be changed. Or like um, if we feel like our packaging could be better, like how we can design the packaging. And then the next stage, it will come out in its packaging and it will come out to you as like the final product. And then we choose shades. So then we go through everyone's skin tones and we go, right, we need something that's like a really deep chocolate for a rich skin tone. We need a good rose for like, you know, like that warmer olive complexion. We need a good peach for all our beach babes out there. You know, like, so we literally go through all the different shades and that's how the product comes to life. And then, I mean, it feels like it takes forever when you're in the process, but a good two years down the line, then the product comes to life. It's out on the shelves. And that for me is like when it's like, that's one of my most exciting parts of my job because you see it um, and you think, oh yeah, I helped helped be a part of that so how long have you been at Bobby Brown like in total then like how many years in total 15 years and I'm part of the pro team eight years <laughs> and have you been like where are the products made have you ever been to is it, I guess it's a factory somewhere or yeah so we actually depended on what the product is um it's quite funny because for instance powders not a lot of people know this but the best place in the world to create a powder is Milan um so they're really because they have like um and we actually like our shimmer brick is a really interesting story it's created by a family brand it's this and the family's been going for years and what they do is they bake the powder so because they bake the powder it means the powder goes on really soft and it allows you to um it allows you to have a really fine like a mineral finish when it goes on so a lot of things like powders come from um milan if it's something quite advanced, like for instance, we have a foundation that's called a serum foundation and it has a product in there called Cordyceps Mushroom, which is basically this really um, popular ingredient to help plump the skin, give radiance to the skin, like loads and loads of people love it, but you can only get it in China. And it's literally this small, small village in China as well. So things like that, we outsource and go to like a certain lab and use like different things like that so actually there's not one massive warehouse where we create all the same product we look at what's best I suppose like when you're shopping isn't it 
you know you're going to get your best jeans from your top shops or your Levi's or whatever and you know you're going to get your best shirts from your H&M's or your Reese's you know like things like that yeah it's kind of we outsource where we're getting the product from and then it gets built and then uh yeah and then that's when we see it in the stages so how do you sort of perfect putting makeup on people or you know sort of like so if I went to like the counter you know they never like put the hand on your face whereas if I do it to my friend my whole hand is leaning on her face or I'm like holding her eye or or if I'm doing my own mascara like when you do your tutorials my mouth is open like when I do it like how do you like train to to not look like a a gaping blowfish when you put your mascara on oh my god do you know I feel like is probably yeah I definitely have done the whole open mouth mascara thing and I think it's probably where we see ourselves now so much like if we look back on ourselves if I look back on some of the first filming things that I think I've ever done I probably was like that and then you realize oh my gosh I need to keep my mouth closed and do it at the same time um but funny enough when you're actually doing makeup that like soft touch is something that you learn quite quickly because when you almost have like a soft touch and you gently touch someone's face um, or make them feel comfortable or not like shaky, that's when you know how much your makeup's going to look better on someone because they feel confident in your hands. You feel confident doing what you're doing. Um, So yeah, I think having the right touch and like pressure on someone's face without (laughs) holding the head down, (laughs) without holding the head um, is definitely, it helps, it helps you. It helps them. And I think that that, as a makeup artist, you learn that quite quickly and then you know you get better results out of it. Now, the listeners aren't going to be able to see, but why don't you talk through um, the makeup you've maybe got on today? Yeah. So my this is kind of like my mum face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's my very quick five-minute makeup. Um, it's always foundation stick. I love a stick because I literally just draw it onto my skin and then I buff it out. And I think that that's quite a nice way to get coverage. Like for me on days like today, I just put it on my cheeks and that would just take out the redness for me. And then I can kind of leave everywhere else quite like natural. Um, I love a glow. So I do have a little bit of pot rouge on my cheeks. And again, that's a cream blush. So I love having like more creamy textures just because they look more hydrating on the skin. And I always go for like a pink or a peach, something that looks normally something that looks quite bright and scary in the packaging always looks really flattering on the skin and that's because it doesn't have a lot of brown to it so when you don't have a lot of brown in a product it always looks more fresher and more healthier when it's on the skin whereas when it's in the pot it sometimes might look quite fluorescent um brows is always a thing for me just being blonde and not having any brow hair at all I have to fill them in and then yeah just a little bit I've actually got nude beach cream shadow stick on so very similar to the malted pink but then I've got a coat of mascara as well just to finish it off and which mascara do you I know is it the smoky eye you use regardless yeah I love it do you love the smoky eye yeah so good I think with like mascara you can't have too much I feel if if you're gonna go for it it's just you just go like I don't feel like you you can have too much mascara on I feel like no and I always feel like even like black mascara I have so many women ask me for a brown mascara and I'm kind of like but no, you could do black and just do one coat of it, but at least black will pop your eye. Whereas brown can sometimes be like a bit wimpy, you know, and it doesn't give you the most pop at the eye color. Whereas black will just straight away enhance. Yeah. And so like, I'm someone who loves to wear makeup and um, 
but say before work I just never have the time or I'll be like oh I'll just have 10 more minutes in bed or you know um, <laughs> what are your kind of five products maybe or what would be your sort of things you know if someone wanted a quick makeup look or to do something on the go what would your yeah. kind of things be that you sort of top tips you'd say a good moisturizer I feel like that would just make everything look better you know straight away I love um have you tried the vitamin rich face base so I use that before applying any makeup because I used to have the um SPF oh what was it called like the 50 yeah the protective one yeah. yeah and I was using that but then it wasn't like because I've got very horribly dry skin it wasn't really doing it whereas that vitamin E rich face base I just pop that on before my make my foundation and it just sits really nicely such a good glow and it's really good if you don't have a lot of time because it is got a primer built in so you just go straight on top so I would say yeah a good moisturizer a stick foundation for me I am obsessed um I would then do a blush even though I'm a bronzer girl at heart, I still think if I only had five products, my blush would go like would rank higher than my bronzer because I just feel like that makes the skin look so much more healthier instantly. And also, if you're using a blush that's a cream, you can just pop it on your lip at the same time. That's like two things done in once. Um, and then I would say, yeah, I would say mascara and brow because I feel like if you've got great brows great just brush them up that's more than enough but if you don't have a lot of brow because the brow is the highest part on the face that can really give you that definition instantly it lifts so if you ever feel tired if you ever feel like maybe the eye is just feeling like really small and it's not giving you the definition you'll get more pop out of just popping on a brow than you would an eyeshadow so I would always do brow and then mascara and that would be it so yeah moisturizer foundation blush brown mascara <laughs> and you know like with the with the brow thing like I feel like when I was maybe 14 it was becoming so maybe 10 years ago it was becoming quite fashionable to do your brow and I look back at pictures before of people who and they just kind of look a bit unfinished a bit like naked without just doing yeah it. um I plucked mine all off did you pluck yours off were you good no I don't think I did really I think they're, they're quite like I don't think you can see they're quite substantial You've got good brows oh, thank you thanks yeah um, you were taught well <laughs> um <laughs> but then you also have the makeup sort of hack of um you know if you've got a lipstick sometimes you say pop it on your cheek don't you yeah yeah I love doing two one and again I think that probably comes down from me working so much with product development is that I'm now really aware that if the formula is right it will look great you know, and a, there's a lot of thought that goes into lipstick formulas and how smooth they sit on skin and how smooth they sit over dry lines and fine lines and texture and cracked lips and things like that. But actually, you could put that on the cheek and you're still going to get amazing results. So I am very break the rules in that sense. Um, I do think like there's a like many a time, whether it is a cream pot rouge, like and I'll use that on my lips or whether it's the other way around and I'll take a lipstick and put that on my cheeks it's it's for me it's the same thing I feel like if it, it's a great color and it's a creamy like smooth consistency it will look great on both so what would be your sort of favorite daytime look and your favorite nighttime look and then maybe talk me through how you could turn a daytime look into a nighttime look so yeah I think daytime look keep it really soft I rarely wear liner in the day to be honest um I kind of just go a little bit of shadow 
or I'll kind of line with a bronzer. Like if I'm, if I'm wearing a bronzer, I'll take a little bit of um, uh, like an eyeshadow brush with my bronzing powder and like smoke up my eyes that way. Uh, but keep everything really, really soft. And then when it comes to an evening look, smoky eye for me is still my favorite. But the great thing with a smoky eye is you can keep your skin fresh. You can use the same colors in the cheeks and lips and then just smoke up your eye and it will be super quick. Like you can do it in five minutes. And I would take like a dark longwear cream shadow stick, take that along the lash line, blend up, blend upwards and then blend underneath the lash line. And instantly that would take your look from day to, e- day to evening. And so like, obviously you were talking about a smoky eye for people who might be like, oh, what do I do? Or, you know, <laughs> is it just building it from the lash line up? Is that what you you do, what you'd recommend? Yeah, because main, the main reason we kind of work like that is because you want to draw more attention to the eye versus the makeup. And I'm not against doing like a really heavy crease contour or anything like that. But when you do do that, you actually draw attention to the makeup and you lose almost the pop in the eye. Whereas if you keep it super dark and super precise at the lash line and almost push all of your product into the lash line and then blend outwards, you create like this soft hue around the eye and instantly it frames your eyes. So you'll notice no matter what eye color, it will make the whites of the eyes look whiter because you've got this real dark, close shadow that's contrasting right next to the white of your eyes, which in turn will make your color stand out. So you'll always find that when doing a smoky eye that way, people will go, oh my gosh, your eyes are so bright or, you know, so blue or, you know, they'll see the color first versus seeing the makeup. Whereas if you do it the other way around and you go into maybe contour or more of a higher, like heavier look, people will often just go, oh gosh, your eyeshadow, you know? Yeah. And really, it's, it's that thing, isn't it, where it's not wrong for people to be like, oh, I love the shadow. But we want people to be like, oh, my gosh, I love your eyes. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so would you do a sparkly eye or a dark lip? Like if you had to do, say, your last makeup look of your life. Yeah. Depressing. But would you do sparkly <laughs> eyes or would you do like a really dark lip? Oh, sparkly eyes, hand down, hands down. They're so easy as well. Like, I love them. Like, you've probably seen me. I literally just apply it to my finger, blend straight out. And that's like your sparkle eye done. And I feel like it's quite nice because it doesn't even look that heavy. It's more when it catches the light that people are like, oh, wow, that's beautiful. You know, so it's just it's something that still can feel really soft. You can build it up to be really glam, but it's something that is it's only there when you want to see it. You know, like when it catches that light or when you blink, that's when you can really see it. What would be your sort of top tips for someone, you know, say, pre-pandemic they were doing the makeup in a certain way and they're kind of a bit tired of you know they always do the same look every day or what would be your tip for kind of refreshing their makeup look yeah I think it's I think it's probably about like stepping back and doing almost going back to that point of what are you using your makeup for I can guarantee you a lot of people straight away will turn around and go I use it to hide this this and this um and actually looking back and saying well what do you love most like what do you love most about your face is it your eyes is it your cheekbones is it your lips um and then using makeup that way and spending more time on it like a lip liner is probably when I've got a little bit more time is one of my favorite things to do because it really makes your lips stand out but so many people skip it because they'll just press on a bit of lip color Um, and then they'll leave it but if they have amazing lips and you put a lip liner on amazing lips you are literally just popping them instantly Um, and I think it's things like that like adding things into your makeup bag that are going to really pop your features and so 
if we talk about current makeup trends, so I know sort of when someone, a celebrity does something, everyone starts to copy or all the trends change. Like you said, like a really faint eyebrow used to, and then it's like a really bushy eyebrow and then a brushed up eyebrow. What are you thinking about um, like Kendall Jenner's bleached eyebrow look at the Met Gala? Like I've seen a few people starting to do that. I don't know. I know. It, yeah. And I feel like that's it. If, if it's something that, like with trends, they're so they they come so fast. Like as quick as they come in, they're as quick as they go. Um, so I always feel like it's something that you have to one feel good in, and two make sure that again it pops your features. I always think like with a trend, it's quite nice. That I'd never go as far as like bleach my eyebrows the same way, but you can play with color, and I think that's what's great with the makeup industry right now is you can achieve those trend looks without having to go as extreme. You know. Um, so even just going in with a lighter, you can get like literally like a blonde brow shaper and you can go in and use that to just brush up your brows. And it, what it will do is it will give you like these highlight looking brows. Um, and that's quite a nice way to still give you a bit of a frame to the face, but go for a lot lighter and a finish. Um, but then it goes right back, doesn't it? And it will turn around into laminating brows again, or go into really dark brows. So I think that from what I've learned from the brow trend, and I plucked all mine off in the 90s, <laughs> is that you can't get them back, <laughs> you know? So if people start going bleaching, you know, I'm sure it's perfectly safe. There's so many safe things that you can do to uh, the lashes and the brows now. But what you don't want to risk is that you couldn't get them back, you know? And yeah. then the trend changes and you're stuck with thin eyebrows, whatever. Um, so I always think just play more with the makeup part of it. And, um, and it, then you can wash it off, you know? That's the best thing. Are you um, like a fan of a, an eyelash serum? Do you think that helps people with yes, their, their thing? Yes, I'm a big just, fan. I've just started with the Revitalash one. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah. How, how, how many months are you in or weeks? I'm like three weeks, I think. Three weeks. Okay, it's about to work. It's about to start because I, I tried Revitalash for my wedding just from hearing so many good things about it. And I remember getting to like three or four weeks and thinking, is it doing anything? You know, like I haven't seen anything yet. And I swear after about four weeks, it hits you and suddenly you wake up and it feels like it's overnight. You wake up with these full, long, curly lashes. And yeah, I love it. I haven't looked back. I've now been using Revital Lash, I'd say for about three years. Just every and day, putting it on. Every day, although I do go through stages, like after my little boy was born, I just stopped using it and I forgot. And when you stop using it, it's a bit like if you have like hair extensions or anything, when you've taken them out, it feels like you've got less hair, even though you necessarily haven't, it just feels, because you're so used to having big, thick hair. Um, and I think that's what it is because the job of Revita Lash is to just hold on your lashes longer. So it stops them from shedding. If you think of like a 28 day cycle with your lashes, it just stops them from shedding as much. So it means by the time you get to like your first month, you've then got double the lash, you know, wow. that's how, that's how it works, which is, which is really clever. But then what it means is when you stop doing it, you lose that other half of the lash and it fit, you go back to your normal lash quite quickly and it feels like you've lost loads of lashes. Mm -hmm. So I would say, keep up with it. It's the main thing is to keep up with it. And then, um, yeah great lashes the whole time <laughs> and I feel like it's kind of separated them out a bit better and they're not as clumpy when I apply the mascaras as as well which I really like um yeah. people want to know if you've done like any celebrities makeup or anyone that um, <laughs> you might know 
Oh my gosh. Well, my favorite, my favorite, favorite has to be, and it's the most hilarious story because I was never meant to do it. But my favorite is Channing Tatum. Oh my gosh. I'm um, <laughs> it's so funny. So I was in, I was in LA uh, doing, you know, the Jimmy Kimmel show. Yes. It's a bit like our Jonathan Ross show, like yes. kind of that, like, you know, late night show. Um, and I, and we had a client that was going on to do that show. So we were getting her ready, which was like great. But then downstairs they have, so downstairs they have these whole like new other level of studios where they film like, um, especially like, you know, in American TV, they film a lot of like, um, like I suppose extras to the shows. Mm-hmm. it's almost like SNL you know when they yeah. film like uh different scenes and yeah, then yeah. they're on the show live but the different scenes are all like pre-recorded so what they were doing is like pre-recorded stuff downstairs and so and it was a music video you can still find it on YouTube it's called Channing All Over Your Tatum wow. <laughs> which is this music video that they made from Jimmy Kimmel and it was Jack Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx and they were like basically like rapping uh on this like beach but it was a massive green screen. There was no beach. And um, so it was just these two rapping. And we had our client that we were getting ready. And someone shouted, can we get powder for Channing? And I looked around and I thought, where is everyone? And I thought, I've got powder in my hand. I'm going to run over there. And obviously, I had no idea where his team were or what, what they were supposed to be doing or if he even had a team. Um, so I just ran over there with powder. And I literally was like, just started powdering. Because I thought, when am I ever going to get this chance again? Oh. And I just started powdering. And I was like looking up at him like, wow, you are so handsome. And I was just like, Pat, and he was like, thanks. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think I'd like die if I got near Channing Tatum. He's just amazing. <laughs> um, so good. And so you also do um, QVC as like a guest presenter on that. So where's yes. that like, where's that um, recorded and what's that like to do? Yeah, that's really good fun. I think for anyone that is in any kind of industry that's behind a camera, to be put in front of a camera is really nerve wracking. Um, So it took me a while to get used to. But QVC, we film in Chiswick, uh, which is their big head office there and where they film. They have three studios there, which is really good. Um, But they're always filming constantly live, most of their stuff, unless it's like after midnight. That's all pre-record. but that's really interesting to do. Again, I think it's it's great because you're talking about something that you love. So that always helps. And um, and the presenters on there are brilliant. They make you feel really, really comfortable and they help you out with like live TV situations. But yeah, I've had like so many things where I've just got really nervous beforehand. Now, not so much. I feel like I've been doing it a good six or seven years now, which is quite nice. So you do get used to it. But it's, we basically go there, we set up, we set up about two hours before because you have to set up all the kits, you have to speak with the producers and make sure everyone's in line with how the show's going to look. Then you get mic'd up, you get the models ready, you get yourself ready, and then we do the live show, normally for an hour. Um, And the whole time you have like the producer talking in your ear as well. So that takes like the talk back, takes a little while to get used to. Um, But yeah, I had one time where, I basically someone was saying oh Amy your mic pack's gone because what they do is if you wear like a dress they put your mic pack on your bra mm-hmm. and they just stick it on the back of your bra and normally it's always fine like there's never any problems and they said your mic pack has slipped and I felt it it was dangling it slipped off my bra and it was dangling in between my legs right and they <laughs> said <laughs> and because it was a live show they couldn't just stop 
So they're like, don't worry, we're going to focus on the Alison, the presenter, and we're going to focus on the product. You're not in shop. Someone's coming in to fix your mic pack. And they said, just literally keep nodding, pointing, talking. Alison will take most of it from here. So I was like, fine. And um, literally this guy, bless him, ran in from the crew. He's like, run straight in. He didn't care, but I care. Like he was literally blessing. He had a job to do. He lifted up my dress, right? <laughs> Full blown. Like my butt was in his face because he was literally like kneeling down. He just got the mic pack, stuck it straight to the back of my bra, pulled the dress down and ran off. And it was so, so quick. But I was just like, oh my gosh. And because I just realized that my whole backside has been on show to the crew, I went bright red. And the producers are in my ear laughing, going, okay, Amy, we can now hear you, so carry on talking, but we can't show you because your face is bright red. <laughs> <laughs> and Alison is looking at me laughing, thinking, oh my gosh, they've done you over rotten here. And uh, it was brilliant fun, but that was it. I had to like calm myself down and try and get rid of the redness and carry on. Yeah. What, like, and no one had any clue. No, like no one had any idea. Like when I got home, I remember saying to like my husband, I was like, did did I look really weird? Like, did you hear anything? And he was like, no. And uh, yeah, they're, they're brilliant. Like they're used to all of that happening all the time, you know? So what's so. like maybe the craziest moment or if you had to think like your one top highlight so far in your whole career? Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Um, so many. Top highlight. I, do you know what? I would probably say uh, Fashion Week is a really good, like, highlight for me personally for like the stuff that I love doing I love all the quick fast paced things um and so yeah I would say fashion week we normally do fashion week in New York and Paris they're like our top two places for fashion week and um the shows are busy there's literally like so many people backstage it's really buzzing there's great there's celebs everywhere which is great fun to see anyway Um, is it stressful or like how do you deal with that pressure no in a weird way it's not stressful it's kind of just you've got to be really quick and on the ball um and makeups like to do really beautiful makeups you're literally banging them out in like five minutes because you've got like 40 models uh to get through so I think that like fast-paced craziness is really good and then because of the atmosphere in New York there's normally like we go to like restaurants and things like that after to like celebrate and then it's just everyone's there you know like there are so many um celebrities models everyone about like it's such a good vibe so yeah I'd probably say definitely those those kind of times and obviously you've got married you've got beautiful little boy Jesse and you start you've just started maternity leave as you're expecting a little girl which is really exciting do you um feel like your makeup or your styles change since having children or having your child yeah I felt I probably feel like on myself less time definitely there's the less time and I suppose the less care as well like I used to and don't get me wrong I still really enjoy doing like a wing liner or something to go out in but now I'll kind of be like no I'll save that for really special occasions um but then also when I'm at work I enjoy it more you know you kind of really soak up a lot like I'm on maternity I've been on maternity since last week so I've got two weeks to go but even like Wednesday, for instance, uh, we're shooting for Beauty and the Geek. Have you heard of the show? It's like um, 
So it's Molly King and Matt Edmondson, and okay. they are filming for, uh, there's an Australian version apparently called Beauty and the Geek. Um, and it's going to be a really popular show that's coming out. So we're doing our last filming day on Wednesday with that. And filming days are very different because they're often really long days. But um, I mean, I love working with them anyway, but I feel like when I get to go out and do stuff like that and then be away, be away from the babies that and come back to it, that's when I feel like, oh gosh, I really love having those two sides because for any mum will know that it like, being a stay-at-home mum is so hard you know so I feel like going to work almost helps me have that balance and be like oh this is what I used to do you know and I come home and this is what I do now and it's nice to have that two-part like adult time and then family time. Yeah so family what are your sort of plans or dreams for the future any like I don't know celebrities faces you want to (laughs) you're gonna (laughs) powder if you have the opportunity? Oh my gosh yeah so I'm I would probably say the next steps for me, I would love to. So at the moment, I'm really loving the whole fashion side. And I'm quite old school as in when I first started as a makeup artist, like I want to do more of like the fashion and editorial stuff. So for me, I'm still working towards my Vogue cover. That's my on my list of things that I want to do. But then I think I'm also going to branch out more into some TV and see like, as I say, we're doing a bit of TV at the moment, which is quite nice. Um, but I'm really loving doing the more like, you know, like the Saturday night TV shows and things like that. So I'm feeling like I'd love. And then maybe it might full circle. Maybe I one day might meet Ant and Deck, you know, and I can say, you're the reason I'm here. <laughs> yeah, you could like blush them up. Yeah, that them. would be a dream. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for chatting to me today about everything you do and just like as well how you've got to where where you are it's been really inspirational I think to to hear your story thank you Lucy to keep up to date with all things from a Lancashire lass Follow on Facebook and Instagram at From a Lancashire Lass.